Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. Our mission is to create space for all people, to experience the compassionate love of the Father, and to discover the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today, recorded live inside the Wilson Performing Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. Good morning. Good morning. I was just thinking um, as we were getting ready to, I was getting ready to come up. I was thinking about like all of the different stories that are represented in each life. And I know I talk about that a lot, but I'm I'm a story guy. I'm a per, I'm a people guy, and I just think that all you know how all of you got here today. Like you came from different places for different reasons. Uh, some of you are here today because. There's someone special in your life, and you came because of them, and I think that's awesome. Some of you came today because someone drug you here. I think that's awesome. Um, <laughs> some of you are here today because you just felt compelled to come. You're like, I need, I just need to go. I need to be in church. I need to hear what God's word has to say, and, and so thank you so much for being here for whatever reason it is. So if there was a title for today's message, it would be to believe or not to believe. It kind of goes along with this idea that the word believe or some form of the word believe is almost used a hundred times in the book of John. So if you read the Gospel of John this week in preparation for today's sermon, you have seen this word over and over and over again. It is apparent that the writer of this Gospel is trying to get a point across. He's trying to explain to the people what it is that he wants you to believe the word for believe, if we look at a Greek word for it, is pistio, which actually means to have faith, to entrust, especially one's spiritual well-being, to Christ. Believe or to commit is meaning to put your trust completely in. It's more than just a mental assent. It's more than just getting there in your head. It's learning how to walk it out with your feet. I believe it looks like this. To believe is the first to give. First, you must give in order to believe. You give yourself fully to what it is that you believe in. And then after that, you begin to receive what it is that God has for you. Your hand gets emptied and then it becomes full when you believe. So hopefully we'll discover that as we jump in today. So let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for music. Thank you for these people, for their stories. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that's in your word. We thank you for the way that you love us, the way you're patient with us, the way you are continually a a part of our our journey, if you will, to getting us to the place you want us to be, ultimately to be in your presence someday. And that's a reward for our faith. That's a reward for our belief in you. But until then, here we are today wanting to learn something new, wanting to be encouraged and challenged and to be comforted as we walk out this, this life that you've called us to live. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, probably the most famous verse in the Gospel of John, maybe the most famous verse in the entire Bible. You guys can finish it for me. For God so the world that he gave his one and only that whoever in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Right. So, right there in that particular verse, we see this theme to believe. To believe 
equals life. With belief comes life. Now, that's a very famous verse. We don't always look at the verse ahead of that, and we don't usually look at the verse after that either. But if we look at the verse ahead of that, just real quick, if you have your Bible, you can turn to John chapter 3. We're, gonna, we're, we're just going to read a little bit in there, but we're going to go through several verses in the book of John. But in John chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, are these words that say this. It says, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Okay, so if you're not familiar with this story, like a snake, lifting up a snake in the wilderness, what is it talking about? And so in the book of Numbers, chapter 21, Verse 4 through 9 is the story about the people of God. They were, came out of slavery. They began to groan and complain to Moses. They be, began to groan and complain to God himself, saying, Why have you brought us out of Egypt? Why have you brought us to this place to die in the wilderness? There is no bread. There is no water. This food is miserable. Why did you do this? And so then the Lord this loving, kind, generous, compassionate father sent venomous snakes to bite the people. Let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, God takes sin seriously. Okay? He takes it seriously. Then it says the people began to pray. Yeah, right? Obviously. They begin to pray. They begin to repent. Okay, God, sorry. Uh, we, we didn't mean that. Take it back, please. Um, please take those snakes away. God also takes your confession seriously, Amen. which is good news, right? That he listens to us if we confess he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's a beautiful picture of his grace. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a snake, put it up on a pole, and anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake, put it up on a pole, and then anyone who was bitten by a snake looked at the bronze snake, they lived. Ladies and gentlemen, this morning, if you have never looked upon Jesus, because that's the picture, is what it's, it's giving us a picture of when Jesus himself was lifted up on a cross to pay the penalty for our sin, because, G, because God takes sin seriously, right? And there, there was a price to be paid for this sin, and so if you look to Jesus, you can be saved. And let me just encourage you, if you have never looked upon Jesus, look right now. Before it's too late. I love um, this guy named Charles Spurgeon, who, who in his study notes, he wrote these words. He says, if you've looked before, keep looking. If you're here this morning and you've looked at Jesus before for salvation, keep looking. Don't stop. Keep your eyes on him. Fix your eyes on him. Matter of fact, isn't that amazing? Like in Hebrews, like last week, we didn't even really get to that place where it says, fix your eyes upon Jesus, who's the author and perfecter of your faith. Keep looking at the one who can save you. But you know, there's, an, there's another side to this thing. If, if belief equals life, to not believe equals death. We don't like to talk about that a whole lot, but it's truth. Later on in John chapter 3, in that, that famous uh, chapter where John 3.16 is, at the very end it says in John 3.36 that whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life. 
for God's wrath remains on them. To not believe equals death. Do you think, let me just ask this question, do you think that there were people there that day that was going on with Moses and the snakes or whatever, do you think there were people there that day that still stubbornly refused to look, to refuse to look at the snake? You think that's possible? I mean, they look around and they see uh, all the, the death, but they also see people who are, who are living because of it, and they still refused to look for whatever reason. I don't know why. Do you know that, that there are people in the world today that still refuse to, to look at Jesus? They still choose to reject Jesus? It's hard to believe, isn't it? It's hard to believe that that's true. It's hard to believe that, that some people refuse because they, they just want to live life on their terms. Right? They want to live life on their terms. They maybe refuse because, uh, I just need more evidence, Brady. Show me more evidence. Show me some proof. Proof for the truth. Show it to me. Maybe they reject it because they're just way too successful. And they really don't need Jesus right now. Maybe someday, but right now they don't because they have everything that they need. And why interrupt the good thing? If it's not broke, don't fix it. Now I got everything that I need. Why, why, why surrender? Why give up? Because if, if I really give my life to Jesus, he's going to ask stuff from me. He's going to ask me to give stuff to him. And I just, I like, I like my stuff and I don't want to give it away. I want to keep it. Or, maybe some of us have fit in this camp, maybe we feel like we've failed far too many times. Like somehow we've, our sin has outstretched God's arm to save us. Like we just think there's just no way. I meet a lot of people in this boat. We sit and we talk and there's, there's just no way, Brady, I just... I've messed up so many times. If you just knew my story, and they've told me some of their story, maybe they haven't told me the whole thing. It doesn't matter what they tell me. It's like, it, it doesn't matter. God, God can reach you. He can reach you. I love what it says later on in John. It says, but when we believe, we will not be condemned. It says, but we will cross over from death to life. That's the power of belief. So if you've got your Bible... We're in, uh, if you're in John chapter 3, turn it over just a little bit. Uh, let's say uh, John 4. Uh, I'm not going to read it all to you, but I want to just tell you a couple stories. And then we're going to jump into, we're going to jump into the, the I am statements that Jesus made in the book of John. And out of those I am statements, what is it in those statements that compel us to believe, to entrust, to follow, to want to wanna passionately pursue Jesus. But I love these couple of stories. In, in these stories, you're going to find this common theme of belief. One of them is the story of the woman at the well. Some of you have been to church enough, you've heard these stories before, you know this, this Samaritan woman comes and she meets Jesus at the well. And Jesus has a conversation with her, which is highly unusual. Like, why would a man, for one, be talking to a woman in public? Why would a Jewish man be talking to a Samaritan woman in public? And Jesus has this incredible conversation with her. He talks to her about living water, water that if you receive it, you'll never thirst again. And she's like, hey, show, tell me about this water. They want to come to this well again. 
And Jesus begins to kind of unpack her story. Like, you know, I talked about your story when you come in the room. Like, if you were to sit down and have a conversation with Jesus, he already knows your story anyway, but he's just waiting for you to share it with him. He's, he's, he's wanting you to just, he's wanting you to get to that place where you can just agree with him about your story. Good, bad, and ugly, right? That's a scary proposition, but I, I, I want to promise you, ladies and gentlemen, it's beautiful and it's powerful and it's very, uh, it's very freeing to come to that place with Jesus. And so she goes back to her people and said, I met a man who knows everything about me, yet he didn't run away from me. He still loves me. He's still there. And it says that a lot of people believed because of her testimony. That's the power of your story. That's the power of a life change. When you go share it with somebody else, that's the power. People see it, they hear it, and they're like, whoa, that's incredible. I don't even know how that's possible, but I see you used to be this way, now you're this way. And they believed because of her testimony. But then they came, and then Jesus taught them, and they heard for themselves, and many more believed. Isn't that the power? Like, hey, hey, don't take my word for it. You come and you sit with Jesus and let him talk to you. That's the, that's the power of inviting someone to church. I invited my neighbor to church yesterday. There's two older gentlemen that live across the street. One goes to the Assembly of God Church here in town. The other guy, I heard him out talking, so I went outside. Hey, knock it off, you two. You're interrupting this quiet neighborhood. You know, it's fun just to enter into the conversation. And so we got to talking. I'm like, hey. I said, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in my house trying to get my sermon ready for church in the morning. You got to come and hear it. My neighbor said, I haven't been to church in 50 years. He says, I used to go when I was eight years old. My grandma took me to church. It's a very common story. My grandma would come pick me up. My mom and dad didn't go to church, but I, she took me to church because she wanted me to hear. Isn't it crazy? Sometimes parents want their kids to hear the gospel. You go, I want my kids to be saved, but I'm just too far gone or I'm too far busy or whatever it is. It's a sad picture, isn't it? 50 years he hasn't been in church. His name is Jerome. Everybody right now. Let's pray for Jerome. I'm serious. Let's pray that Jerome would come to church, that he would get so dissatisfied with life as it is, and he would say, you know what? I haven't been in 50 years. May I ought to try it? He's still afraid he has to wear a suit and tie. I was like, you don't know the secret, bro. We don't do that anymore. I said, just the way you're dressed right now, come just like that. Well, I'm awful busy. You know, I have work to do on Sunday. Well, maybe you won't. Let's pray for Jerome. Now, if he shows up, I'm not going to embarrass him. I'm like, there he is! <laughs> Everybody get him. <laughs> I might tell somebody secretly, like, hey, that's Jerome. <laughs> Go hug him. <laughs> Another story says Jesus heals the official son. Jesus gives the word for this man's son to be healed. Jesus is not even there. And at just the right time when Jesus said it, the man's son is healed. And I love where it says at the end, it says, him and his whole household believed and were baptized. That's the power of life changed. You might be the person in your family that brings change to your family. He might do it through you. Maybe. We'll see. Hopefully. Great story. So Jesus goes on. He, uh, he feeds 5,000 people. Well, actually more than that. He feeds the 5,000, it says. And he's having this conversation with them about him, him bringing the bread of life. And that's where... That's where we get into the first I am. So I want you to do me a favor. Let's just let's participate today. Keep you awake today. Let's read this passage of Scripture. You guys can see it okay? Everybody see it okay? Let's read it together. I am the bread of life. 
He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. It's fascinating to me that the very thing that people were grumbling about to Moses in the desert, Jesus addresses in this passage of Scripture. They were complaining about the, there's no food, there's no water, the food, you know, it's miserable. And Jesus says, I am the one who meets those needs for you. I'm the one who satisfies you. To the point where, yeah, physically we're going to be hungry again. I mean, we all, we all, oh, I'm so hungry. We eat, oh, I'm so full that I'm hungry again. But Jesus is like, no, 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 it's a deeper level than that. I'm going to be the one who satisfies you completely. You know, and just as much as you need food and drink, we all do. We have to eat, we have to drink in order to stay alive. As much as you need those things, you need Jesus even more than that. Right? And I hope you know that's true. In Jesus, our spiritual hunger is satisfied and our spiritual thirst is quenched. Next passage. Let's read it together. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Does this passage sound familiar? Where, where, did, where have you heard this before? The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. When do we talk about that verse? When? Christmas. Right, that's a Christmas verse that comes out of, out of Isaiah. Chapter 9, they're talking about the people who are walking in darkness. They've seen a great light. And it's talking about who's the light. It's talking about Jesus. Love where it says in the very beginning of John, the word made flesh and dwelt among us. The word of God, the logos, the very embodiment of wisdom and truth comes in the form of a person and he walks on the face of the earth. And he brings light to a dark place. It says that in Jesus was life and that life was the light of man. The true light that gives light to every man. He came to rescue us, right, out of a dominion of darkness and bring us into a kingdom, a kingdom of light. What's the difference between dark and light? I was at a play last night. I was thinking about how are they, how are they moving stuff around in the dark? Like they've had to practice this. It's just hard to, it's hard to see, obviously, and it's hard to navigate. And it, are you a little unsure in the dark? I know I am. I don't just like wake up and start running through my house in the dark. Like I'm a little more cautious than that. You know, I'm just trying to like feel my way around. How many of you have seen um, the, the show The Bird Box? Is that what it's called? Like that's cre- that was creepy. Like if you had to live blindfolded and you saw the uncertainty and people who are walking in darkness, that's how they live. Sad thing is, as people are walking in darkness, they go full throttle <laughs> into a life that most of the time leads to destruction. He gives us light so that we might understand. He enlightens things. He helps us to see things clearly. It opens our minds, our eyes, so that we might believe the truth. And in John 8, it says, in the truth, we'll do what? Set you free. Sometimes we're so afraid of the truth. But then when we receive it, we realize it's for our best. 
that brings freedom. When we take the time to learn and apply these truths in faith, we discover this old adage is true. Whatever the spiritual question, Jesus is the answer. When in doubt, search his word and you'll figure it out. If you have some doubts, your question, I don't know, I just feel like I'm in dark right now, open up his word and you'll see light and it'll begin to help you figure things out. The next one, not as familiar and as uh, used passage of scripture, but it's Jesus says, I am the gate. So let's read it together. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. Literally after that, he, he talks about the thief that comes to kill, sell, and destroy. But then Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life that is to the full. I've experienced more incredible passion and joy and purpose in my life following Jesus than I ever did apart from him. You know, and I've went through some other gates in my life. Gates that I thought were going to lead to satisfaction, to success, to whatever it is. And it always disappointed me. And I've never, ever, like, finished reading God's word or finished worshiping him or, or, or just serving him, like going on a mission trip or whatever. I've never come home and thought, well, that was just a huge waste of my time. No, because the life that he promises is full adventures in faith like Brady talks about all the time like incredible experiences things people that we come in contact with that we maybe never would have come in contact with before stories like I said that we maybe would have never heard Jesus promises this life when we walk through this gate that he opens up for us to walk through and then the very next passage after the Jesus come to give us life is the passage about Jesus being a good shepherd let's read it together I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I would like to think that if someone came in here today and said they were going to kill my friend Daniel, it's either Daniel or you, Brady, I would like to think that I would be man enough and have the courage enough to step in front of him and say, no, take me instead. For one, I'm older than he is. <laughs> but I would like to think that I would be that kind of shepherd, Right? He has more life to live. He has a little boy. He has a young wife. You know, he's, you know, the more he can accomplish. He's smarter than I am. He can do more for the world. I'll just go and take the bullet for him. Isn't it good news that the shepherd that we follow is willing, and not only was he willing, but he did it, right? He laid down his life for us. Do you know sheep need a shepherd? Have you ever been around sheep? They cannot take care of themselves. Can I just be real with you all? You can't take care of yourself. Amen. Not as, as much as you think you can. You need, well, you don't necessarily need me, but you need a shepherd. You need someone to guide you. You need someone, encourage, you need someone in your life to give you some good advice, good wisdom, young parents. Lots of young parents right here on the front row. They need you, older parents, who have been there, done that, right? And we got some people that are a little bit, you know, further down the road, but they're still young parents. And we got some that their last baby is going to be a senior. And... But you need, we need each other, right? We need, we need one another. And so we need a shepherd that can lead us. We can't take care of ourselves. 
Jesus, listen to this, Jesus led us, or he led his followers when he was with them. Did he lead them? He did. And then they followed him. They watched what he did. They learned from him. Do you know that in John, Jesus then promises that after I leave, I will send an advocate. I will send the Holy Spirit to help guide you because you're still going to need someone to lead you. And Jesus said, I'll send the Holy Spirit. And that's good news for you and me because the Holy Spirit then was able to come to us and it becomes our guide. It becomes our shepherd. We believe because he made a way through the power of the Holy Spirit, he will actually continue to show us the way. It's good news. Next one. I love this one. It's one of my favorite passages to talk about at a funeral. Let's read it together. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you know what Jesus says after that? He says, do you believe this? Do you entrust this truth that I am bringing to you? Do you apply this to your life? Did they get through the door? Just going to have to like put a hip into it to get through there. This is an amazing statement. We believe because even though we will experience physical death, we will still have life. Do you know when this really makes all the difference in the world? Like sitting here right now fully alive, you're like, mm, I'm looking for, you know, I'm looking for eternal life. Like it's going to happen someday. You know when this really makes the difference? This makes all the difference in the world when you're at a graveside service and you're watching them lower the casket into the ground, which I just did that a few days ago. It makes all the difference in the world for those family members who are sitting there watching it who are grieving, but grieving with hope that there is more to this life than just that casket in the ground. <laughs> there was more than just the 73 years the woman lived here on earth. There is something greater coming. Amen. It makes all the difference to Stephanie Hensley who is waiting and watching for her mother to go be with Jesus who's in hospice care right now and to know that even though her mother's going to die physically, she will live. Amen. Listen, if you don't believe that, it says in Scripture that we're the most miserable people on the earth. That our faith is worthless. It means nothing. If we don't believe that core truth of the resurrection of Jesus and the hope that comes with us to put our hope in Jesus, all this means nothing. Young people, I see you young people over there. Here's a, here's a sister with her two brothers. Brought them to church today. This truth applies to them no matter how old they are. The way, the truth, and the life is coming. But, but once again, the Lord confirmed that the single qualification for eternal life is to believe that his death paid the entire price for your sin. It's core truth, core belief. Do you believe it? Next one. This is a very common one too, a very famous passage. Um, you've heard me say this before. My mom does not want me to read this passage at her funeral. Because they read that at every funeral. Come up with something different, Brady. <laughs> Be more creative. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to read it anyway because she's not there to tell me what to do. 
She can't stop me. Let's read it together. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You Christians are so narrow-minded. Mm-hmm. It's a narrow path that leads to life. <laughs> Few find it, but there is a huge path that leads to destruction. Many find that. <laughs> you just got to turn on the news. Peter said this in Acts. He says, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. I mean, you can try. I mean, you can live your life your way, and you can get to the end and say, I'm going I'm to get salvation my way. <laughs> I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. It's on my terms. Ladies and gentlemen, no, it's not. It is not. Is the Stephanie the only one getting this? <laughs> just you and I, Stephanie. Let's just talk. Amen. All right, anybody else grow up Assembly of God? Any Pentecostals? Any, like, Reformed Pentecostals in the room? Some of you are just waiting and dying to do, just jump up a shout, but you're afraid you can't. Amen. Thank you. And he's an Elvis fan back there. All right, that was for you, brother. That Elvis was for you. <laughs> there is no other way into the presence of a God by, other than by accepting the Lord's death as payment for your sin. That is the gospel truth. Oh, there are many ways to heaven, Brady. We're all going to get there. Have you ever heard anybody say that? We're all, we're all going to the same place. We're all going to the same place? I don't believe that's true. I believe those who reject Jesus are not going to the same place to those who believe in Jesus. I don't. Got to finish up here. Let's read it together. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Once you believe, you entrust your life fully to Jesus, you put your hope in Jesus, you know what happens? Well, for one, you cross over from death to life, but another thing is you become a part of the family. In the very beginning of John, it says that he has given you the right to become the children of God. And that is what you are, not born of natural descent, not by human decision. Like, you're all here, right? Somebody made a decision, for the most part, <laughs> to have you, to create you, to bring you into this world. They chose to give you life. But the spiritual life is completely different than that. In John 3, it says you must be born again. You may decide and choose to receive Christ, to, to put your faith and trust in him. That's how salvation comes. You believe, you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart. It says you'll be saved. You've been given this right to be called a child. You're now connected to the source of life. I love in Romans where it talks about uh, we're like the wild this wild branch, and we're grafted into all the promises and all the beauty of God's his word and his truth and his provision for us. It's a beautiful picture. And we have that because of our faith and trust in Jesus. That's why it's so important to believe. It's more than a mental assent, right? Oh, yeah, I can believe in or believe about, but no, you fully entrust yourself into his arms. So what's next? How do we bear fruit? 
how does this fruit come out? If we are, are called to bear much fruit, what are some things that we can do? Well, for one, I love in Romans chapter 12, you can yield your life to him by offering yourself as a living sacrifice. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world. For some of us, it's like, you know what? I got to do a 180. It's time to turn, change, go a different direction. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind through reading God's word, to being exposed to God's word, to, to praying, to all these different disciplines that we can do in order to experience this. It says when we do that, when we fully give ourselves to him, then we'll know what it, his, his will is for our life. You know, the greatest work that God has for you is to believe in the one that he has sent. That's the first thing. You've got to start there. Okay? You've got to start there. But then, when you give yourself fully to him, he'll begin to reveal those things he has for you. Respond to the prompting of the Holy Spirit that he sent to guide you by being obedient to the very next thing he's asking you to do. Don't like, well, Brady, I don't know. I don't know all the answers. I, well, what is he asking you to do right now? Like this day, t- this moment, what is he speaking to you about? Do that. Meet him there, and then he'll take you to the next place. Meet him there. Maybe your next thing is to get baptized. There's this precious little girl here, little Nora. Little children, the faith of a child still amazes me. They challenge, it challenges me. And hopefully it'll challenge you too. She expressed her desire to be baptized in the Christian faith, to be a follower of Jesus. Some of you adults, you don't have the courage to say that out loud in public. You just don't. And that's sad. Hopefully you will. The other day I had lunch with a young lady who has been wrestling with this thing of Jesus for quite a while. And she said, you know what? I'm in. I want to get baptized too. On Easter Sunday morning, we're going to do baptisms. Right now we have three girls. Where are you dudes at? Where are you guys at? I need some guys. Step up, be courageous, say, I'm going to get baptized too. Maybe that's the next thing he's asking you to do. Maybe you needed to be the one who could stand up. When I ask all the volunteers to stand up, you say, you know what? I've been coming to church. I've been kind of getting my feet wet, but I really haven't dove in. It's time to dive in. It's time to, to serve and to help and to be a part of helping the church grow and helping serve and use the gifts that God's given you. Maybe, maybe at the very next level is that you say that... Uh, I have a calling on my life to, to surrender to, to really follow and to serve, Lord, maybe in full-time ministry or maybe, I don't know, maybe God's calling you to, to stop doing what you're doing and start doing what he wants you to do. I don't know. But if he's asking you to do that, you better listen. <laughs> you better follow that. That's how you bear fruit. That's how you grow. That's how you begin to, and that's how he reveals himself. He will reveal himself to you in a more deep and more, um, full way when you are obedient to him. Amen. He will. And you have to experience that for yourself. I can't prescribe what that looks like for everyone. You have to figure that out for yourself. And so I want, Nora, would you come up here? And then Ashley, I'm going to have you come up too. I'm not going to make you talk. It's okay. Come on. And then there's another uh, girl that comes to our house on Wednesday night. Her name's Bree. Bree says she wants to be baptized, and she's going to invite her family to come to church. Listen, Easter is the best time to invite someone to church because everybody else that hasn't been here for a while, they're coming too, you know? It is kind of bright up here, isn't it? The reflection off my head, I'm sure. Everybody, this is Ashley. Say hi, Ashley. And this is Nora. Hi, Nora. 
Is it scary up here? No, you're pretty, you're pretty courageous. <laughs> I don't think she has any fear here. All right, so they're going to get baptized on Sunday morning. They're going to publicly proclaim. Amen. Yeah, we should, we should celebrate that. All right, so the worship team is going to come. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for them. And you, you know what? You say, you know what? I need, to, I need to take my next step. God's asking me to do something. So maybe you need to come forward and you need to publicly say what that is. Or maybe you just need to come forward and pray whatever it is that God's put on your heart today. Uh, just do the very next thing he's asking you. Brady will be up here uh, for prayer. I'll be over here. And so let's pray. So Father, we thank you for Ashley and for Nora for their excitement to follow you and be obedient, to be baptized, to be uh, this, this beautiful picture of the resurrection, this burial of an old life, a resurrection to walk in a new life. God, I pray that you'd fill them up, fill their hearts, bless them. I pray you'd lead them. I pray that Ashley would redeem the time that she has left in her life. I thank you for Nora getting started at an early age. Would you call her and lead her? Would you receive the glory for both of these lives, Lord, for both of these decisions? Would it be about you, not about me, not even about them, but it's about what you're doing in them and what it is you want to do through them as they go forth from this place? Just pray for those that are here today that they're, they're at this place of decision, that God, you, you place something on their heart. I pray you give them courage to step out, step out in faith, to believe put their hope and trust in you and then to do whatever it is you're calling them to do. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church or need to talk to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.